Welcome to a Sunday episode of the Andukede show of the podcast. Today is going to start a little bit different from one specific reason. So last night it was a big fight in the UFC 257 if I'm not mistaken. So I'm not necessarily a UFC and mixed martial arts guy. I know some things but I don't watch necessarily. And the reason I want to talk a little bit about it it's because last night 7am I woke up because of a weird nightmare and I dreamt that I was about to I was flying with, in a plane don't know where I was going and literally I woke up the second the plane crashed into whatever it crashed because my eyes were closed I was afraid it was so realistic and yeah I woke up it was 7am check the NBA scores and uh, saw that everyone was waiting for the McGregor Poirier, Dustin Poirier fight. And I was, yeah, I know it will probably not take more than 30 minutes. So, yeah, let's watch it. And I was surprised by myself after the match ended because I understand so much. And because this is a podcast and a sports podcast, primarily NBA and tennis. We'll talk about tennis soon. Uh, yeah, I, I will just give sh- sure my thoughts about last night's fight. Just the main event. So I know that McGregor has not fought in a while. And yeah, he said that he blamed that, his inactivity. But and he looked like a whole other person because I watched other McGregor fights and he was not really responding to what... Dustin was doing to him in the sense that, so why he won? Uh, This is a non-expert opinion. He literally chopped his foot, man. I mean, he was hitting Dustin, the Poirier. He was hitting a lot of kicks on McGregor's calf. And by the end of the fight, he could not stand. And he had the crutch at press conference. So, yeah. The first round was literally won by McGregor by a mile. He hit a lot of shots, some jabs, some left hooks right in his face. But he literally killed his leg. Dustin, McGregor's leg in the second round, he literally killed his leg. He couldn't move. Hit some punches, got knocked out. And while I was watching the fight and seeing how much kicks this guy lands... I said, why isn't McGregor reacting? I mean, he tried, and I think he hit one or two left jabs in his face when he was kicking, but he couldn't dodge the kicking, and a few times he tried to literally grab his leg, but do nothing with it. This is is kind of like a, a kid's fight, you know, when you are lifting your leg and the other one grabs your leg and you're like, oh my god, what am I going to do now? So... I didn't understand that. As I said, I'm a completely non-expert. This was like the third or fourth five that I watched. But yeah, I just wanted to say that these are my takeaways from last night's fights. And I don't know why everyone on social media really thought that McGregor was going to fight again. Normal get done. I don't want to butcher his name. You know that guy, Khabib. Let's let's call him Khabib by his first name. I don't think now that's possible. 
First of all, he said that he's retiring after his last fight, Khabib, that is. And I don't know if he will earn the right to fight him after he lost to Dustin. I don't know exactly the rules. I don't know how matches are made. I just know that both of them cashed out, cashed in a lot of money. McGregor is one-legged, probably, still. And yeah, let's move to the NBA because, I don't know, I just wanted to share my thoughts. It was fun for me. So let's move to some games from last night, some takeaways. So we had Clippers, Oklahoma. Bro, so I found this recently. Like, you know, Oklahoma is a rebuilding team. They only have nothing. I mean, they have 18 first-round picks. They have Shea Gilgis Alexander, who's playing really good. And they have Lou Dort. And this guy hit 30 points and was close to hitting the game-winning shot in a game seven in last playoffs bubbles. And what I find about him recently, dude, he's only 21, first of all. So he's averaging 13 points, shooting 44% from free on 2.4 threes per game, which is crazy. And I think his contract is something like five years, $4 million. So he's not even making $1 million per year. He's young. He's really good. He's promising. Apparently, he can shoot. He can defend. Like, I don't know what example to give that. He's a big body and he can stay in your face and you will struggle to defend him. And out of all the teams so far after 15, 17 matches, Oklahoma is kind of surprising by the fact that they don't have the worst record. And I I honestly expected that. So, yeah. Quick thoughts about Oklahoma. This is it. Now, let's go to Minnesota, Timberwolves, and New Orleans. And here I wanted to, to talk a little bit more about these teams. So let's start with the New Orleans Pelicans. I already mentioned that they are kind of terrible and confusing and I don't know what they are doing. Ah, first of all, Clippers. Sorry, I'm jumping. So we had Oklahoma City Clippers. Let's move to the Clippers. So something I found really fascinating is how well this team is shooting the ball. So they are first in free throw percentage, 84. They are first in three point percentage, 43, which is already kind of unbelievable. They are the second team shooting overall, 48.7, only behind Brooklyn. Effective field goal percentage, they are, they have the same as Brooklyn, tied for the number one, seven, 57%. So shooting wise, True shooting percentage, they are the first place. So this team is kind of kind of insane when you're thinking about their three-point percentage as a team. And if you if you look like individually, I don't know how sustainable is that. Because so let's take a look individually. Three point uh, Kawhi. 41.5, Paul George, 50, Ibaka, 34, I think he's the lowest, and which is still good for Ibaka, you know. Marcus Morris, 47, Batum, 47, Low Will, 36, which is about league average, if I'm not mistaken. Kennard, 46, Beverly, 43, 
I mean, it's really insane how well they are shooting the ball. Right now, I think they're the third seed tied with the Utah Jazz and only one game behind the Lakers. But if you look at some other stats, like defense, because we really thought that this team will be a defensive monster, and it should be with Ibaka guarding the rim. You have a lot of good perimeter defenders. They're only the 17 best defense by defensive efficiency. Opponents point per game, they are six, which is good. But you have you might think that they are better. Yeah, offensive efficiency, they are number one right now. Only because they are literally shooting the lights out. And there is also all this Paul George vengeance to MVP season comeback, whatever, on social media. And I just completely disagree with this in the sense that... Dude, so I did the top five players of the championship last episode. And I thought Paul George was, I think, number five. And he can still do it. I mean, he's only 30 or 31. I forgot right now. And I don't want to hear anything about a vengeance tour because right now in the regular season, because he proved that he can be a stud in the regular season. He finished third in MVP voting one season. The only concerns we have and still have some of us, including me, about Paul George are in the playoffs because he's he has been a no-show there. So I don't want to hear about no vengeance during the regular season. I mean, yeah, he's playing great. He's dropping bombs. His shooting percentages are insane. But he needs to do more. I mean, he needs to do more in the playoffs for me to to finally see and admit that, yeah, Paul George is on a vengeance tour. Right now, he's, he said it towards a... 50-50-90, like he's 92, free throw line, two pointers, 53, three pointers, 50. So I don't know how sustainable is that. It's amazing. It's completely amazing that he did it so far. And the Clippers are all a five game, six game winning streak. But I don't want to hear about no vengeance or until the playoffs. This is how I think. So, let's move to Timberwolves, New Orleans. So, first of all, the Timberwolves, I didn't expect them to be that trash. I know Towns has missed a lot of games. And I expect the young guys to have a lot of minutes, as they do. I mean, Okoji, Culver, Jared Vanderbilt, who's okay. Anthony Edwards, he only played 21 minutes. I expect... I really expect them to play him more. But this is interesting. So they won this match against the New Orleans, which those teams are at the top bottom of the Western Conference. Minnesota 4-11, New Orleans 5-10. And, and Towns was not playing and neither D'Angelo Russell was in the game. Who I already said that a bunch of times that I really expected more from this D'Angelo Russell. So if you if you look at Offensive efficiency by teams. Minnesota is 29. New Orleans is 19. So yeah. If you look if we look at so let's take them one by one. Minnesota Timberwolves, they are trash. I didn't expect that. As I said, Towns was missed a lot of time, but still. Anthony Edwards, 
he's looking all right. I mean, he, I think he's right on schedule. He didn't overachieve so far, but neither did he underachieve. He obviously needs to, I think he needs to get more playing time. He looks, sometimes he looks like, you know, all the rookie look confusing, don't know necessarily where to be, when to shoot. I think it was a game where he looked like he only, the only thing he did was catch and shoot, which I didn't understand. But they have a lot of young players. As I said, Jared Culver, Joshua Koji, Jared Vanderbilt, the McDaniels brother. I don't know what their ceiling is because they don't look like John Moran did his rookie season or Luka Doncic, but who knows, maybe in time, if they can develop well, young talent, it could be a problem. Really could be a problem. Then the New Orleans Pelicans, man. I feel bad for Stan Van Gundy because he's a terrible coach, but it's clear that he didn't do enough adjustments. So why do I say that? First of all, I think they're the worst shooting team. Let's check because I really want to be sure. So if you go... Nah, apparently Minnesota is 20. Nah, uh, I want to search three-point shooting team because this is what I meant. Sorry. So three-point shooting team. They are... 27th with a 33%, which is like a couple percentage points, zero point something until they reach the last team. So they are terrible. What I don't understand is why they keep playing this Eric Bledsoe, Lanza Ball lineup because it's clearly not working. Brandon Ingram is bowling. I suggest that Nikhil Alexander-Walker should play more. JJ Reddy has been really bad this season. They, I think it was a game where, I don't remember if, exactly if Bledsoe or Lanzo Ball missed the game, but Alexander-Walker play was a starter and he was magnificent. He was, I mean, okay, that's not overrated. Was, he was not magnificent, but he was good. And I think they need to, to change that. Either insert him in the starting lineup or get him more playing time. Because his Lanzo Bledsoe situation is not working. I thought that they need to be like a really fast team. But as it's turning out, they they are really not. And I don't understand that. If you have Lanzo and they're the 20th team in fast break points per game. So this tells us that they are not really a good defensive team either. And that's weird because Bledsoe was All-NBA's second team last season. Lonzo Ball proved that he can be a more than capable defender. They had Williamson, who in college was a defensive beast. But right now, in NBA, he's struggling to defend like anyone because he's really slow. Of rotations and pick and rolls. Steven Adams is a good defensive center that can block the rim. So yeah, I don't know what's not clicking. They don't have any sh three-point shooting. And this is something unbelievable. I wrote an article 
I read, sorry, an article that said, guys, remember Zion Williamson's first game in the NBA when he hit four three-pointers? Yeah, he only had two ever since. What? So he had four three-pointers in his first game, and ever since he only hit two? Now the number may be three or four, but still. Dude, that's an insane stat. That's bad. And he's not... He's still adjusting. I mean, he's in his second year. I don't... I'm not negative about him, but... You can see how much how much of a difference is between college and the NBA because in college, as I said, I think he averaged over two blocks and two steals and now he's kind of struggling. But... I think he's like the most efficient paint scorer we have seen in a long time because he's unstoppable. He's big. He can jump the out of the gym and it's really hard to stop him in the paint. They don't have any spacing either because they have Williamson playing at the fourth and... Steven Adams playing the five. And yeah, I don't know how that works because they both, neither of them can shoot. So yeah, they need to figure a lot of things out, but I don't know how much it necessarily stands and Gandhi's fault, but how the team has been constructed. Because I think they, they didn't give Lanzo the rookie extension. Which is kind of weird. They can obviously still do it. Next free agency, we will see if they he will be a restricted free agent. And what I know by that name is that teams teams can offer him a contract and the Pelicans can match. And I think the Pelicans have some kind of advantage. I don't know exactly. But so far, yeah, this team has been really bad, the Pelicans. Even though Williamson and Ingram were balling offensive side of the ball. Then we had Detroit-Philadelphia, and this was another game for Detroit when Jeremy Grant... I mean, no, sorry, this game, it was not about Jeremy Grant. It was uh, like a team effort. A lot of them played... I mean, a lot of Detroit Pistons scored in double digits. But I don't want to talk about Detroit no more. I want to talk about Philly, because Joel Embiid is top three early MVP candidates. If I had to do like an MVP ranking right now, I think top three would be Embiid, LeBron, and Durant. Simply because Durant's stats are unbelievable. We will get to that a little bit later. Joel Embiid, same. And LeBron, because he's leading his team to the best record in the NBA so far. And a lot of times, the NBA was awarded to the best team on the best, to the best guy on the best team. We'll talk a little bit about that later. First, Joel Embiid. 33 points, 14 rebounds. Simmons had a 20-piece, almost a triple-double. Harris is playing much better. Seth Curry came back. He looked really good. Dropped 14. So yeah, this team is really good. The Sixers. Because Joel Embiid has finally looked like the Joel Embiid we have waiting to see since he cried in the locker, in the hallway, after he got eliminated by that Kawhi Lucky bounce shot. So I'm happy for Philly. 
And I think they can be a real threat to the Brooklyn Nets in the sense that so far the Brooklyn Nets play no defense whatsoever and they don't have a solid center and every center that plays against Brooklyn Nets is having a career night. We saw Bam last night, talk more about that soon. And Embiid is looking like he's on some vengeance tour on his own, like Paul George. Because he's averaging 27.7 points, shooting 83% free throw line, going there nine times a game. He's more aggressive. He's shooting 41 from the three-point line. He's only nailing like one per game, but it's enough. And yeah, he's more aggressive down low. He's 60% two-pointers. And also, not to forget, 11.5 rebounds. 1.4 blocks, 1.3 steals. Ben Simmons hasn't looked yet like in his best shape. But he's really good. He's a capable defender for Kevin Durant. And yeah, would, I would really be interesting to see this matchup. And right now, Philly are the number one seed in the East. But they have two more games. Two games ahead of Indiana, Milwaukee. Three games ahead of Boston. So, but congratulations to them because it is well-deserved. Joel Embiid looks amazing. And this team looks like the best team of the 76 that we have seen so far. Including that run with Butler. I like this team really more because Embiid and Simmons are way better. They have Seth Curry, which is a terrible shooter. Shake Milton, guys, this he's a top three contender for season of the year right now. He may have been under the radar, but he's scoring a lot of points. Yeah, last night he only had eight points, but this season he's averaging 15 points coming off the bench. That's impressive. That's really impressive. Then had Brooklyn, Miami. As I said, Brooklyn are like the number one offense or number two, I don't know, top five defense, but let's check their defensive statistics because I'm really afraid that it's kind of bad. Like opponents, points per game, they are 27. Yikes. Defensive efficiency, they are 26. Like, I don't think there has ever been a team to win the championship with, like, top 5 offense, but top 30 defense. So they will need to... They will need to adjust that because it's not looking really good. Although, as I said, Durant, he's looking like an MVP candidate, man. I mean, coming off an 18 months layoff, Shooting 87 free throw line, 57 two pointers, 48% from the three point line, shooting three, three threes a night, seven rebounds, five assists. So, yeah, right now he's the second leading scorer in the NBA. The third best leading scorer in the NBA is Kyrie Irving. So, two out of these three guys, oh my god, are top five scoring. And something we have seen from these games in which those these new big free play together is that and i honestly didn't expect that so it's kd's team right obviously he's the best player he's shooting like the most shots i think but i did not expect Kyrie irving to be more and more aggressive than Harden. Harden had 12 points last night 139 minutes 
which is kind of weird. Yeah, he was not that efficient. He had 11 assists. Like, Harden is playing the point guard and Kyrie is like the off guard who's scoring the ball and killing everyone because Kyrie Irving is hell of efficient too this season. 43% from free, 58% to pointers, 95% free throw line. So he's shooting the ball at a very high rate. And he's shooting way more than James Harden is. Attempts, I mean. Which I quite, quite honestly didn't expect that. I really didn't expect that. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. They lost two games in, Brooklyn, in Cleveland. It was a crazy Colin Sexton game. KD has not played the second game and they still lost. And now they won, but the game was close against Miami. And keep in mind that Miami did not have Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero, who are like two of their fourth best players. As I said, bam, 41 points. So things don't look as good as in, in Brooklyn. They allowed 124 to Miami. That's insane. So yeah, I would be interested in seeing how this team performs. They are now the fifth seed, but they had the most of the games. They are the only team in the East with 18 games played. And they are the five seed. So I know it's still early. I know they still figure things out with the big three, but the defensive thing will, yeah, will suck probably for the entire season. Because I don't know what, what wonder player can be bought out from one team and he will ultimately arrive in Brooklyn. I don't know. I mean, it could be possible. PJ Tucker, maybe? I don't know. Just a name that pops up into my head right now. But the offensive side of the ball is amazing. And as I said, KD is the number two in points per game this season behind only Bradley Beal and Kyrie is number three. And you all know what uh, score James Harden can be. I think he needs to be more aggressive. I mean, I, right now he really looks like, okay, I'm on a new team, new environment, new things for me. I never played before with two superstars like that that can shoot the ball lights out. I was, all, I was always the alpha guy since I arrived in Brooklyn. And now some things need to change. And maybe he's playing like the good guy role that said, yeah, 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 no, I'm going to be the facilitator and distribute the ball. But I think we all know that James Harden thinks he's the best player on this team. So he's maybe shy at the moment or he, this is his strategy to integrate with the team. I don't know, but I really don't think Harden will leverage 10 shot attempts per game the rest of the season. It would really be crazy then we had phoenix denver which is which looked like a rivalry because they played two consecutive games and both games ended up in overtime and last night game was a double overtime both games the nuggets won last night there was no d book Murray with 26 he's finally maybe he looks like he will play better I don't know. He looked really good last night. So I think he's had, he's playing through a minor injury. I don't know. Jokic had a 20-20 game, which is unbelievable. 
Jokic is another top five candidate in my opinion. So the only reason he is not top three is because the Denver are the only are only the seventh seed. They are on a three-game winning streak. Hopefully things will get more right in the future for them because Jokic is bowling. He looks like he dropped some weight. He's dunking the ball like never before. Michael Porter Jr. is back. Bro, this kid got COVID twice. Yeah, I really, I really see Bradley Bill ending up on this team, but I think I will do another episode soon with potential Bradley Bill spots because now with James Harden goal, Bradley Bill is like the, I don't know, unhappy superstar with a lot of trade potential. I don't know. Probably. But Jamal Murray. So watching Jamal Murray and Pascal Siakam, Sometimes I get the same feeling that they are they are really good players, but they sometimes looks like they make the work harder for them. They do a lot of dribbles, spinning layups, fadeaways, not necessarily dribble the boy to f- dribble the ball too fast, and they end up with a lot of turnovers. So we. In close games, when the ball goes to them for daggers or shot, potential game-winning shots or game overtime sending shots, they look like they don't necessarily need to need how to shoot the ball. I don't know. I don't know how to say. If you watch some games, I think Mori did so. I don't know if last night or two nights ago. I saw a highlight of him at the end of the game when he hit the shot. Or he missed. No, he missed the shot. But it looked completely weird. And if he's injured, man, sit him down for some games, let him recover and try to be back in that bubble form because he was unstoppable there. Then we had a surprising game, if you ask me. So Houston blew out Dallas. And John Wall was not playing and neither was Christian Wood. I mean, John Wall played, sorry, but only 20 minutes. Christian Wood did not play. Porzingis did not play. Gordon dropped 33 and Boogie, 28 points and 17 rebounds. So a vintage, a Kings-like Boogie game, which had a rough start to the season. He, I think he already got ejected twice, which is absurd. But those young guys in Houston came to play as well. David Nwaba, Mason Jones. And yeah, Luka Doncic was on his own. And that's sad because you watch some box scores of this Mavericks game when Porzingis is not playing. Usually, Doncic is bowling, right? So last night, 26 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists. And sometimes they might blow out the team because Hardaway dropped 30 or Brunson or Trey Burke. And some nights they are like this when they are not shooting the ball very, very well. And Hardaway only had 15, Trey Burke with 13, Jalen Brunson 9. So these, the points of these three guys, Hardaway, Burke and Brunson are always fluctuating like it's crazy. Some game they can average, they can hit 30 points and it looks really easy for them to do that. 
and sometimes they score like 12 points and they look without any they don't look good they look like they don't know how to play basketball it's crazy we also had Chicago LA Lakers I don't want to go through that because yeah the Lakers are winning like they had a 9-0 on the road ah the only thing I wanted to say is that I saw a news that Anthony Davis said he's playing like trash and he doesn't like how he plays and it is I don't want to say true but he's averaging I don't know if a career low but 22 points way less than last season when I think he averaged 25 or something like that and yeah last night he destroyed the Bulls with 37 and the Lakers I know the game ended at 11 points deficit but the Lakers led by 30 at the half so yeah this is why Davis and LeBron only played 29 minutes but as I said, man, the Bulls are fun. They are really fun to watch, and I really like this team. They are my sleeper for the playoffs in the East. Levine with 21, Patrick Williams again, 13 points, trying to guard LeBron. Obviously not succeeding. He's a rookie, and he's freaking LeBron James, but it's nice to see these kind of rookies. And then we had maybe the most, not underrated, but not talked about team <laughs> enough in the West, which is the Utah Jazz, who last night destroyed the Warriors. Congratulations to Steph Curry, who surpassed Reggie Miller on the all-time three-point list. But Donovan Mitchell is having a career year. After a slowish, sluggish start, he's averaging a career high in points and assists, and I also think in three-point in three shooting. And that's really interesting so the Utah Jazz are a top five and offensive and defensive team. And they are the second team at shooting the ball from the three-point line, which is insane. They are shooting the ball really good. Mitchell, Conley, Bogdanovic, Clarkson is the six-man leading candidate so far. And the second unit is good, man. I mean, they know how to play with Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neal, even Derek Favors. So they are deep in their own way. I still wouldn't pick them ahead of Clippers or Lakers to come out of the West because they need to prove that they can play at this level in the playoffs. They have a 3-1 lead against the Nuggets and they blew it. So as I said right now, they are top five in both offensive and defensive efficiency, which is unbelievably great. They are the team that hit the most three-pointers so far in the season, which is absolutely nuts considering that last season they were uh, eh, kind of an average three-point shooting team. So they improved a lot from last season and no one from them is putting up KD stats, you know? So, for example, Jordan Clarkson is their second-leading scorer. Conley is playing really good. And yeah, Mitchell, as I said, career year so far, he's averaging 24 points on 41% from the three-point line and hitting almost four threes a night, which is absurd. So thank you guys for listening. I think I will wrap up the episode here. Thank you for listening to me. Subscribe if you're listening to this on YouTube. Don't forget to follow if you're listening to this on Spotify. And yeah, please subscribe. It helps the channel grow. Let's build a nice NBA community, sports community down here. Thank you. Stay healthy. Peace.